The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 220 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. Happy Juneteenth to all those celebrating. Um, again, I'm going to file this under the heading of, I know a lot of us, myself included, appreciate this day uh, because it's another day we get off coming off Father's Day weekend, nice holiday weekend. Take the time to read up on what the holiday signifies, what it means to so many people across our country. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Bittersweet weekend for me. I actually didn't text this to you yet because I wanted it to, I wanted to talk about it live during the podcast. Saturday, I'm sure you know what happened Saturday. Saturday was um, probably the first time, I guess last summer too, but in a really long time that neither of us was going up um, to Camp Scatico for the first day of orientation for group leaders, et cetera. And I was going up to Saratoga for my first dead show of the year. Saratoga, I mean, again, it was my first time there. I know you've been. Incredible. Your first venue. time at SPAC? Incredible venue. Yeah, SPAC's awesome. It's huge. Great time all around. Didn't know there was a casino. I was in a casino by like 1030 in the morning, which was awesome. <laughs> Lucky, yeah. Uh, all virtual dealers, though. So oh, I, I wouldn't have gone. That, that, that's not for me. Uh, they were very attractive. So um, they lured the virtual us dealers. The virtual dealers were very attractive. And we made money. We didn't let them take money from us. But I, I missed the... I miss the banter of a regular dealer. Like I was with my uh, roommate, Jacob, and he's like, yeah, I miss you being able to gamble with me at the Hard Rock. And every time the people came over and they had their name tag with favorite song, you would go, oh, well, what is your favorite Cindy Lauper song or whatever the artist is? Point being, though, that was not the bittersweet component of it. Um, it was a little bittersweet being on the New York Thruway and driving past exit 19, knowing people were going to camp that day and I was not. Yeah, that sounds really sad. That, uh, you know, we're getting old, man. We are getting old. And I think, you know, we saw you. Know, we, we, we still, we're, we're still plugged in. We know what's going on. If we need updates, we can get them. But, uh, yeah, it was, no. it was also a whole different experience on the New York Thruway because it's like, how often do I go past exit 19? There's really, we went all the way to exit 24. Is that how far it was? I mean, I remember SPAC being like kind of a drive. Like we had to rush back. It was three hours from Manhattan. Where in Manhattan? My apartment. Yeah, that's like still like an hour and a half past camp. Maybe maybe closer to an hour. Yeah, it was a good little trip. But all that said, big weekend of baseball. A lot of shakeups in the standings, which we're going to touch upon. Uh, one team in particular uh, in the NL Central really coming on hot with their uh, young squad, coming off a big sweep of the Astros. But first, as always, we will do our BovadaSportsbook.com pick of the week. I'm going to be honest. The games today are – oh, okay. There's a few good pitching matchups. Let's start with the Mets-Astros. Uh, Astros coming off getting swept. Mets have Mad Max on the mound. 
Uh, Scherzer in his last start. I'm going to bring this up now because it was the only positive thing we saw the Yankees do last week. Uh, Scherzer was given a 5-1 lead against the Yanks and blew it. Not something we're used to out of Max. Screwed not just yours, but my fantasy team as well. Uh, Max I still my- won every offensive category last week. I won 6-5. Nothing exciting. Uh, oh, the line just moved. Uh, plus one and a half, minus 200, plus 108 for the Mets. Minus one and a half, plus 164, minus 126 for the Astros. Hunter Brown has been really good, and it's hard for me to pick against the Astros get have coming off getting swept. But I'm going to go Mets plus 108 because I think Scherzer really hates the Astros still. I feel like it's a sucker bet to take Scherzer, which is why I'm right there with you. Oh, it's, it's like- 100% the sucker play. I, I think – I think he, you know, the 2019 World Series, which granted he won the World Series, so much people would let it go. But I think Scherzer's one of those guys who, which is ironic since he's one of the only players to get suspended this year for cheating, air quotations. But I just think he's a he's a grudge holder. I, I Houston again. Houston's good enough, and they're still six games over 500. But it feels like both of these teams are just doo doo. It well, feels like. And it's a fascinating connotation with the Astros and how people are looking at them. Um, Somebody tweeted this out, and I think it was spot on. Um, To jump ahead to the injuries, Jordan Alvarez, who reported his hurt last week, he's going to miss about three to four weeks. And he got hurt the same week as Judge. And it's so interesting because the Yankees are tied with the Astros for the last wildcard spot in the American League. And everybody, and, and again, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be bashing on the Yankees. It's an unwatchable team right now. But it is interesting how it, and again, it could just be because we don't live in Houston, we don't live in the Midwest, but it feels like everybody's talking about and bashing the Yankees and how bad they look without Judge, but nobody's talking about how the Astros have the same record without Jordan. Yeah. Regardless, I, both teams are underachieving is the answer. They're but. both that. Yeah, at the end of the day, they're both underachieving. I think the difference is Jordan isn't making the Judge money. Judge is still, and Jordan, for whatever reason, doesn't get the national attention here that Judge that he that he deserves. He's a top three hitter in baseball. I guess he's not tall enough. He's not tall enough. I, I don't know, but both teams need a way. I guess I'll still take Scherzer just off him being Scherzer. But eventually, we should probably stop doing that. Other game we'll pick good pitching matchup teams uh, that are in first place in their divisions. Diamondbacks visiting the Brewers. Merrill Kelly for the D-backs. Corbin Burns for the Brewers. Minus one and a half, plus 168, minus 102 for the D-backs. Plus one and a half, minus 205, minus 116 for the Brew Crew. Um, Both of these pitchers have been good, but I'm going to go over seven and a half, minus 118. That feels – you said the Brewers are are dogs at home here? Uh, Minus 116. So, no, they're favorites, but they're plus one and a half. That doesn't seem right. I, I would just wait that long. Maybe like a Scherzer and Burns parlay would be a fun one tonight. I mean, it, it, it feels like in any other year I'm taking that and I'm never looking back. You probably, like, probably get plus – you might get close to plus 300 with that. You just, yeah. Can you plug that in real quick because that's kind of a fun one. Yeah, just give me one second. I just closed it out because I was being proactive and trying to save some computer battery. Um, you want just money line? Yeah, just money line for both of them. Plus two eighty three. It's not bad betting on two Cy Young winners. 
If you like an underdog play today, I like the Boston Red Sox plus 116. The big maple, James Paxton's been pitching really well of late. I also like that. That'll, I like be, that. that'll be my pick. I didn't want to do three picks because Paxton Pablo Lopez was the third pitching matchup. I looked at it and said, huh, that looks okay. I would just take a Red Sox Mets parlay at plus 320. And... Oh, God. What a terrible parlay to have to root for, though. You're right. All right, let's move to the standings. We're about 70. Every team's played about 72 to 75 games, somewhere in there. Uh, AL East raised 51 and 24. Somehow, and I and I get why it's flying under the radar. It's probably just because Adley is the only true household name so far. But uh, the Rays won their first, what, 13 games to start the year? That sounds right. I So we'll, we'll call it 13 and 0. And the Orioles are only five back. So what's going under the radar? The Rays, I mean, the Rays' record is still outstanding. No, no, the Ray. I mean, the Rays' six eighty winning percentage is. I mean, they're on pace to win. Let me just do some quick math. I mean, they're on pace to win one hundred ten games. It, it's it's not the Rays are still dominant. Um, I I just think the fact that the Orioles have played this well is flying under the radar. They're only three back in the loss column. The Orioles. Yeah, shit. I mean, they're just. They really hit. That lineup is really just a very – it's just a super solid lineup. You didn't like it when I said a couple of weeks ago when I tried to compare them to the 2014 Royals. You want to come around and agree with there? I, I, I think 2014 Royals are the right comp for this team. The only reason I'm still going to say no is because that team had more guys that I thought as all-star guys, if that makes in, sense. In 14? I still think even at 14, like Low Kane was on his way to being an all-star if he wasn't already. Hosmer had made some. Mustakis had made some. Alex Gordon was winning gold gloves every year. I mean, so, I mean, Salvi. Oh, and Salvi. Salvi. And I forgot Salvi, so. Yeah, but Adley, I think, is – I think Adley's better than Salvi was at that time. As an all-star. And then you have a guy like Gunnar Henderson's coming up and he keeps hitting homers. Santander keeps hitting homers. Hayes gets hits all the time. The real CJ Mullen has been in the real comparison ball. lies in the fact that both rotations were man, but they had wicked bullpens. Yeah. Um, and look, can Baltimore make a move for someone like is ball? I mean, they just played the Cubs as a Baltimore team that could be in on Stroman at the deadline. I, I, so look, the answer is I want to say yes. Cubs are 33 and 38 and are only four back, though. That's that's the whole problem with any National League buyers and sellers. Everybody, I mean, the Cardinals are the worst team in the National League and are still only 10 back in the wild card. And less than that in the division. Correct. And are eight and a half back in the division. I, I just say, like, it, it's not so much about Stroman and the Cubs not going for it. It's a Stroman wants an extension and the Cubs don't seem to want to give him an extension. Which is dumb. But. So, and like the Orioles, they have nice young pitchers. Like, so I'm, I'm, they happen to be on two MLB Network afternoon games this week, so I was watching both. And I was really – they, they just had good – they just rolled I mean, out. Wells is, still, Wells is still leading baseball in whip, I think. Grayson Rodriguez, I think, just got called back up. D.L. Hall. The, they, they have good young pitching. It's the young pitching just hasn't progressed as quickly as the young hitting has for them, I think is where yeah, they're at. That, that's fine. Make a move. Make a move, Baltimore. I, I want Baltimore to go for it. I think this team – I, did, I mean, we'll go 
through the rest of the standings. It's a weird year in baseball. A lot of the teams that we've known to be really good are not performing as well, and there's just a lot of a lot of teams we thought would suck are in it, mainly because the National League on the whole is that. So the Yanks are 39 and 33. They went one and five last week. Um, split with the Mets. Probably should have lost both against the Mets, to be honest, and got swept by the Red Sox. So sorry, one and four. They only played only played five games. Is that right? Yeah. That's weird. Um, going into the game two, game two of their doubleheader against the Red Sox, <laughs> since Aaron Judge last played, this is from Katie Sharp. As a team, they're hitting 194 with 257 on base, a 361 slugging. Yesterday, Brian Bayo for the Red Sox uh, won seven innings against them. It's the 19th time this year that an opposing starter has gone seven plus innings versus the Yankees. Uh, that's the most in the major leagues. Uh, it only happened 18 times total all of last year. Everyone's pointing, everyone's pointing to the judge injury and Honestly, right now, as great as Judge is, I don't think he changes the fortunes of this team this much because he's only one person. And Rizzo is hitting uh, since that game you and I went to where he got hurt against San Diego. So Rizzo coming into the month of June, uh, last played in May, May 28th, was hitting a little over 300. He's down in the 260s right now. He's hitting, I think, 80 in the month of June. It's not good. Glaber has upticked a little bit. They refuse to cut bait with Donaldson. Any other team, Peraza would be up. He's been one of the best hitters in AAA. Cash refuses to make him uh, just admit he made a mistake. And again, it's it, we've said it time and time again. When you're already relying on the likes of Willie Calhoun, Bowers, McKinney, you know Volpe, who's overmatched, but I get not sending him down. Uh, that I sort of agree with on some level. You need your guys to step up. And no one's stepping up, and that's all it comes down to. Like Aaron Judge doesn't change that. No, and we have. I mean, you only touched on some of the lineup where it's again, like the big, the, the star. I mean, Rizzo being batting eighty is disgusting, and Stan seems to not. Stan doesn't make contact anymore. Oh my god, I forgot him. I mean, and and just ugly at bats. I mean, but when he hits him, he hits bombs. But again, it's if you're going to put the ball in play, one out of every ten at bats, and that one is a home run. I don't want that. Well, you can't have that. Yeah, he just he doesn't. His floor is so low because he just goes through these cold stretches where he looks like the worst hitter in the league. It's brutal. And again, he looks like a, he looks like a last round tea leaf pick swinging the bat. And the biggest problem with standing is when Judge is back. Assuming they don't want him playing the outfield, you can't even ju- DH Judge because it's standing. So I I don't know. I like standing in the field. The Yanks are a mess, and to me, the way they're playing right now and knowing the pitching that's coming on, the Mariners are coming in for three, then the Rangers are coming in for three this week. I peeked ahead at that range, that, that Mariners series. Like th- This Seattle team's disappointing. Yanks should win, but we're rolling out Cole, Undecided, and Domingo. And who are they rolling out? Louis? Do we get Luis? Castillo is pitching to uh, Wednesday against Undecided. And that guy kicks our ass every time. Oh, yeah. I mean, he owns us at the stadium. So, Kirby. Kirby tomorrow against Cole. Kirby, the last time we faced him, went eight scoreless. Castillo Wednesday. And then, I don't know, Brian Wu. Um, I can't imagine he's particularly great. But the last time we saw Domingo, he just gave up seven runs and two innings against the Red Sox. So, Yanks are 39-33 right now. Mariners and Rangers come into town. Pavada over under two wins in these six games next week. 
I, I'd take two. I would take two. I'd say the Yankees go two and four this week. Which again, the way Tampa and Baltimore keep the Yankees, I mean, we're we are further out than the last place Cardinals. Yeah, part of that is a credit to I mean the Red Sox core over managing. I would say they're thirty seven and thirty five and last Blue Jays thirty nine and thirty four or a half game back of us, but is what it is. Toronto just lost two in Texas, which they. But again, yeah, Texas is good. Texas is good. I mean, they. I mean, how many? I'd say. Just Bavada bet now. Every time Seagers and the Yan- get playing the Yankees this weekend, just take the Seager home run bets. He, it's going to be a lot of home runs for Seager, I think. Yeah, he's on fire. AL Central again. This is why baseball is weird, and and I like. I always will appreciate at least this year how the AL East bleeds into the AL Central on the MLB.com standings page. So you would see that if the last place Red Sox at thirty seven and thirty five were in the Central, they would be in first place. Uh, Twins only team at five hundred. Uh, Guardians 33 and 38, two and a half back. Detroit, White Sox, Royals rounding out the division there. White Sox five and a half back at 31 and 42. Uh, Royals at one point this week took over as the team with the worst record in baseball. Um, the A's are still below them now, but that should tell you how dire it is in Kansas City. And the Guardians, uh, they scored a ton of runs last week or yesterday. Brought up Bo Naylor, Josh's brother. Uh, so big day, great Father's Day for Mr. Naylor, I'd imagine. Um, but I mean, here's the Guardians in a nutshell. I have a tweet here from obscure, uh, obscure MLB stats. Um, Saturday, Stephen Kwan and Ahmed Rosario, their one and two hitters in the lineup, went eight for ten. Not bad. They scored one run between the two of them. So it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but that's just the kind of team the Guardians are right now. Jose's hitting, which is great. That three homer game, I actually do think was the catalyst that averages up in the 280s now. But, uh, again, I, I think the Twins, we've been saying it, I think the Twins are going to win this division just because they are the least flawed team in this division, in my opinion. Well, did McKenzie get hurt again, or did I misread that? And McKenzie's on the injured list. So, big blow for them, for the Guardians. Yeah, I, I think the Twins win by default, and I got nothing else on this division. Nice to see Miguel Cabrera hit a homer this week. Yeah, it hasn't done a whole lot of else, anything else. Um, the Rangers, 44 and 27, four and a half up. You would think I'm going to say the Astros here, but it's June 19th, and the Angels are 41 and 33. Don't talk about Otani yet. We're going to do the league leaders into Otani and just showcase how he is running away with the MVP. Um, fortunately for me, I checked my preseason Bavada bets. Um, and many of them were wrong, but I did sprinkle a little bit of money on Otani to win the MVP at least, which makes up for the fact that my, uh, AL and my other AL and NL MVP picks were Trey Turner and Julio, who are probably hitting a collective 250, generously speaking. (laughs) Yeah. Not great. Um, I'd say the angels are doing this in spite of an awful trout season. Trout has been... He homered yesterday, but that was his first homer in like 20 games. He's yeah. been bad. The season line, I mean, the the power numbers are still there. 15 homers. Uh, he's hitting 257, 39 ribbies. Uh, the on base, again, it's like numbers that for any other player, like a 364 on base, 479 slugging, 843 OPS would be great. But for Trout, it's bad. It's bad for Trout. And they're, they're in second place. 
Yeah, you know, I, I team that actually would make more sense. Training. I feel like Strowman could end up there. He feels like an angel. So here's here's a thought on um, Trout that my dad had last night that we were talking about. Do you think he got too big, like physically too big? Maybe, but I think he had to to combat some of the injuries. You know, did he become such a, a, a – and again, I don't think Trout is an all-or-nothing player still, but it is interesting there. And, and yeah, I mean, look, the Angels, you know, we talked about them having a good, not great offseason. Um, and Otani, the pitcher, has been good, not exceptionally good. He's probably not going to win the Cy Young, which I think – Like, I'll put it this way. Otani, the pitcher by himself, I don't know if he's necessarily an all-star. He, I mean, yeah, I think he's like fourth in the league in strikeouts. Yeah, but Spencer Strider's leading it, and his ERA is like four two now. All of a sudden, yeah, good point. Just to play devil's advocate, um, it, it's just it's a lot of top to bottom contribution. Um, and again, I just think the starting rotation is it's not exceptional, but it, it's solid enough, and they're hitting. They're hitting. They, I guess. They, I mean. I guess so. We're done with the AL as of today. Well, we're not done with the AL yet. I, I got some more points to make. The, yeah, go through the rest of the West, and then I'll ask for your six playoff teams. All right. The Mariners or the Astros are 39 and 33, five and a half back. Uh, I just want to give out a shout out to Fromber. I, I think when all is said and done, we might be talking about him and McClanahan being one, two in the AL Cy Young race. Um, Mariners, 500, eight and a half back. Throw Castillo in there, that too. Got to give some love to the athletics, though. Uh, 19 and 55. At one time this week, though, they were not the worst team in baseball. Um, let me see if I could find. Where did I put this tweet? They had their reverse boycott Tuesday. 27,000 fans showed up. Um, so that was cool. And at one point this week, they had a seven-game winning streak. And you and I were texting that they had to break up the A's. Um, two of those came against the Rays as well. So a fun, a, a bittersweet week to be an A's fan because a lot of legislation was signed that is not good for the team, but a fun week if you were an Oakland Athletics fan. As fun as it could be, your team's leaving. Well, I agree. That's why I said bittersweet. Where is this? Where is this tweet? Why can I not find it? Okay. So the A's won seven straight this week, entering the game with a 194 winning percentage. That was tied by the longest win streak ever by a team that uh, entered with a sub-200 winning percentage with a minimum 25 games into the season. It was weird. They, um, I, I, just, like, I guess what we've been saying most of the season with the A's, we like Katze, the dude. We kind of liked him as a player. He, and it didn't feel fair for him to have his first managerial stint be this. So at least he's got some wins under his belt now. And, it's now a race. We're worst record in the league. Playoff teams in the American League, to answer your question. I think the Rays, Twins, and I'm going to stick with the Rangers win the division. I think the Rangers, and I think the, and I think the Rangers mostly because I think this ownership group has shown they'll go for it at the deadline. Well, they have to. They lost the yeah. race. Yeah, you've pushed all the chips in at this point. Um, wild card teams. I'm gonna go Baltimore. I'm most confident in Baltimore. I'm gonna go Balt. I'm gonna go Baltimore, Houston, Yankees, and I think I picked the Blue Jays to win the World Series. So whatever. 
So you have the Yankees at six, or were you just? Yeah, I put the Yankees six there. I judge needs to come back. For, I mean, this week could be if things go really wrong at the stadium this week. I wonder if you can get plus odds on the Yankees to miss the playoffs, right? Now. But there's a part of me that thinks if the Yankees are six, that's the dream scenario because it's the three-six matchup. Yes, you want so you'd want to go Minnesota, Tampa. Give me all the smoke. Well, Tampa would suck, but Minnesota in the first round. That's how you build the confidence up. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Just tank for six. Just light up Sonny Gray. Tank for Minnesota. I don't hate that approach, but you're but playing. Then, but, but you know what, though? But then at the same time, I can already picture how aggravated I'm going to be when we have to go to Minnesota for game one, despite having a much better record. Yeah. So it's twofold. I don't know. Um, National League, Braves, 46 and 26, five games up on not the Phillies, not the Mets, but the Miami Marlins. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to the NLEs. This is from Codify. The Braves have won, the Braves and Phillies in the end. This is how good the NL East has been of late. Um, the Braves have won 13 of their last 15. The Phillies have won 13 of their last 15. And the Marlins have won 12 of their last 15. The Marlins are no joke. And Arias didn't have the best week ever, but they were still 7-3 and three and not a form yet. So Phillies are 38 and 34, eight back. Mets 33 and 38, 12 and a half back. Uh Marlins 27 and 43, 18 back. Um to revisit last week our Luis Arias Bavada over under. Um cheating a little bit into our players of the week. Um, since you just mentioned them. Do you remember what the exact number was? I think it may have been like 389. Well, then the over hit. Um he's at 390. Um, 70 games in. He had a five-hit game in the Nats in the Marlins 6-5 win uh against the Nationals. Uh he arrived hitting 378, his lowest batting average since June 2nd, uh, and finished the day 12 points higher. Um, and he's the only player since Jimmy Jimmy Fox's 1933 MVP campaign. Um, he's down to 388. Okay, down to 388. So the under hit. Um, multiple five hits games, a five RBI game, a three double game, and a cycle since RBIs became an official stat since 1920. Him and Jimmy Fox, only two players to do that in the season. He hits the ball. Like, he doesn't do anything great with it. More, usually he just kind of like slaps it. And, but he gets on base. So looking at the rest of this NL East, uh, do you see the Marlins as buyers? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think this team, there's something – I just I the one the thing I keep coming back to with this team is Sandy. If they can get anything close to what they got from Sandy last year, if they can just get Sandy to be a quality number two starter. But you know what though? It hasn't been the length of what Sandy was last year, but that kid Yuri Perez, the 20-year-old, has been pitching like Sandy pitched last year. But uh, yeah, so just um, Sandy's ERA is four nine seven. Jesus Lozardo has been solid. Braxton Garrett's been. So- I, I think eventually the answer is you do you do what they did. To, they do what they did to get Arias in the first place to cash in on the pitching. I, I again this te- this this team's just really good. They're just a very solid. They don't have a Arias. I guess is you, the guy who jumps off the page, but they have a twenty homer guy in Solaire. They got Arias in almost four hundred. They got a bunch of other dudes and. Is Jazz back or is Jazz, Jazz not old? back yet? What's his uh? What's Jazz's? Uh, I think he's done. 
Philly's 38 and 34, I do think have turned the corner. And I think a lot of that is driven by the fact that Kyle Schwarber in June is the best baseball player ever. Well, Schwarber, he does, um, Schwarber does the stand thing, but he hits like, instead of one out of every 10, it's one out of every six. I think from now on at like once June 1st hits, we should find something that allows us to bet on players to make the all-star team. Cause you know, Schwarber coming into June is going to be hitting like 180. But then he's gonna leave the month with twenty five homers on the year. <laughs> he's just a, he's such a hilarious leadoff hitter. Yeah, but I mean he's been crushing the ball. They're pen. I was looking at Schwarber's stats today and think like, because someone I saw on Twitter yesterday, someone tried to compare Matt Olson to Adam Dunn. I feel like Schwarber's more runner. Yeah, Olson is a very good defensive player too. Schwarber is not. Schwarber is not. Uh, I think the biggest thing for the Phillies is Nola's just got to turn the corner. Wheeler's been pitching like the old Zach Wheeler of late. We've gotten a couple really good Taiwan Walker starts in a row. row. Uh, Nola's just got to step up. Castellanos is going to be an all-star also. Castellanos is uh, – it's year two Castellanos. Yep, he's finally settled in. And and uh, this Mets team, again, I'm not going to bash him too much. Verlander looked good against the Yanks. I, I just think – this is a team that doesn't look like a Buck Showalter managed team uh, in the two games we watched against the Yankees. Just a lot of dumb fundamental mistakes. Dropping I mean, they fly- lost them. They lost the Scherzer start because Nimmo just didn't catch dropping ball. fly balls. Um, he just missed it. Dropping fly balls, getting thrown out on the base paths, allowing steals of home. Just like stuff you don't expect out of a Buck coach team. IKF stole home. IKF stole home. home. It was so huh. So bittersweet. NL Central, Brewers 37 and 34, half a game up on the Reds. Pirates 34 and 36, dip below 500, but only two and a half back. Reds 33 and 38, four back. Cardinals 29 and 43, eight and a half back. Let's talk about the Reds. Seven game winning streak, just swept eight. the Astros. Um, Andrew Abbott, who we mentioned on the player of the week last week, he's now three and oh, and another um, five and two third scoreless innings to bring his major league debut so far. Uh, through three starts, uh, 17 and two-thirds scoreless innings. He's the first major league pitcher since 1893 to begin his career with three scoreless starts of at least five innings. Honestly, I I won't – I. it's hard for me to pick them to make the playoffs because I don't think they come out of the wild card. But if the season ended right now, I think the Reds, as crazy as this is, might be my Bavada pick to win the Central. And I just think a large part of that is it's good young pitching. They have a good bullpen anchored by Diaz. But you said something about the Marlins that it just feels right. Uh, This Reds team just feels like in a division where there's no excitement, they're that fun, exciting team that's going to do something to win every night. They have a lot of young talent. They have so much. And they're all delivering right away. De La Cruz, McLean, Abbott. And they still have Hunter Green. (laughs) Who's still like he doesn't always deliver though. He just kind of he's pretty good. ERA's under four now. He's heading okay. That's uh, that, that's something. They're really Man, good. He's only he's only twenty three. <laughs> the things are clicking for Cincinnati. It's just they have in, in this division. I have no confidence. You could tell me any of these five teams to come around. Yeah, that's why I'm just going to go with the team that feels like they have an edge. They do it. They they're the most, they're the fun team. The they're Brewers the are probably team. the safest pick, and the Cardinals are still the one you take on paper. NL Central, uh, D backs forty three and twenty nine, three and a half up on the Giants. 
Uh, Dodgers in third place now. Uh, very swept by San Francisco. Got swept by the Giants, four out. Um, Padres 35 and 36, seven and a half out. Rockies 29 and 45, 15 out. Giants on a nice seven game winning streak. Um, the Dodgers Giants sweep um, included a 15 to nothing Giants win on Saturday, which was the second largest shutout all time versus the Dodgers between the game at the Polo Grounds in 1949. Don't see, don't see many 15 nothing shutouts, period, let alone against a team like the Dodgers. Um, the team I'm going to highlight this week in the Central, I, I made my feelings clear about the yeah. D-backs or the West. Thank you. I think they are a playoff team. This Giants team is starting to get the feel of the 108-win team. And again, I don't think they're going to win 108 games. That was insane. But just like the Lamont Wades, the Tiaro Estradas, the random guys who are just filling good niche roles where they're just going to have solid enough pitching and figure it out. And they have an ace. I think Logan Webb, ready to say, ace. I, I can't disagree. Uh, they're definitely not the 108. They'd have to no, do but, but it just it feels like a team that just okay rules are being filled well now. Again, I mean, this team but if I mean, if you put judge on this team, maybe you're 108 games. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna win 108 games. <laughs> they're still they're still missing a star. They have a lot of good which I guess is all it takes in the National League. But you know what in the National League, I think that could be a wild card team. Well, I think Kapler is I mean, if Kapler somehow gets this team to the playoffs, I think you have to start putting him not as the best manager in baseball, but he starts getting more discussion because he's I, – I tr- I, I'm starting to trust him in the dugout because I really don't love this roster. And following 108 – they were never going to repeat the 108. That was all fluke. Or not all fluke, but didn't they have a ridiculous record in one nothing in one-run games that year? Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And, and I like, don't think they're going to be a 108-win team, but – you have an ace. You have Duvall, who's an all-star caliber closer. And then I think they're just figuring it out. And I think in the National League, if you're a team that just can figure it out this year, you'll be in it come September. So everyone but the Rockies. Basically, yes. And the Nationals. And the Nationals. All right. League leaders, uh, Ronald, 63 runs. Bo Bichette, 98 hits. So the next highest player in the American League in hits is Otani with 83. Bo Bichette's going to lead the league if he stays healthy and hits for three years in a row, and nobody's going to talk about it. We'll talk about it, Chase. We'll talk about it. I I just think you look at Vlad's numbers this year, and I, and again, Bichette's the guy you build this team around, I think. Vlad also hasn't homered in like three weeks. Like as outstanding as Vlad was the year that he almost won the MVP against Otani, take almost with a grain of salt, the other two years have been fine. But like, not a guy you commit two hundred million dollars to. Yeah, but I think you have to. Of of course, I'm just saying, Bichette, I do it with no hesitation. I I, I think they'll both be in t- Toronto. Will pay both of them, assuming they both want to stay. Freddie, twenty five doubles. Uh, Brian Hayes. Who do you think is tied with Brian Hayes? Um, uh, with five triples. I'm fascinated to know what the about odds would have been for this guy to lead the league in triples. Uh, Simeon? JT Realmuta. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Big probably very long odds. Cycle. Uh, Otani. Now it's the Otani show. 24 home runs. Otani, 58 ribbies. Soto, 64 walks. Uh, Estri Ruiz, 36 steals. 
388 average for Arias. Arias 440 on base. Otani 632 slugging. Otani 1.016 OPS. I mean, before we do the pitching categories, do you want me to just run through the Otani week? Yeah. Might as well. All right. Um, this month, nine home runs, six doubles, and 20 ribbies after his home run against Granky yesterday. Hit his 150th home run Saturday to become the fastest angel in franchise history to reach that mark. Fourth fastest ever. He's on pace for 52 homers this year, which would be a career high. He joined Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds as the only players with an extra base hit, walk, and run in six straight games. And joined Lou Gehrig as the only player in an eight-game span with 28 hits, 18 extra base hits, 15 walks, 11 homers, and three steals. Yeah, he's probably the MVP without if he didn't throw a pitch. Yeah, just to just to say how crazy it is. And again, I, I try to have the policy of like I don't want to bring up Otani too much every week. But he's six and two with the three two nine ERA, hundred five strikeouts, one point oh one five whip. I retract my previous statement. Probably does make the All Star team as a pitcher. Um, and then offensively, pulling up the full numbers here, it's not pulling up for the pitching page. But I said everything I needed to say. He's the best. He's he's the best. I, I don't think it's worth fighting anymore. It, it puts into perspective just how crazy of the year Judge had last year that we – Otani didn't hit this well last year. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy now who is probably the best hitter in baseball at the moment and has those kind of numbers as a pitcher. The Angels – I hope for the Angels' sake they don't fuck this up. Yeah. So, well, I think look, – look, they're a playoff team though. They, they are finally playing – like a team that Otani would maybe consider resigning with. Uh, it's they've been good in June before. It's they have to put together six four months. Yep. McClanahan two twelve ERA, also leading baseball with eleven wins. Uh, probably would be a unanimous AL Cy Young winner at this point. Uh, complete games Evaldi with two saves. Leader is Class with twenty one. Innings pitch leader, Logan Webb, 98 and a third. Strikeout leader, Spencer Strider with 127. Uh, Whip, Tyler Wells, 0.86. Otani leading with a 178 average against. Um, Here's my question for you. Spencer Strider obviously has been so dominant. 127 strikeouts, 1.113 whip, 7-2 and record. But could you have a guy with a 412 ERA on the All-Star team if the season ended today? Or if the break happened today? Yeah, those strikeout numbers are ridiculous. It's just weird. And that ERA is going to go down, but it just just show how two bad starts in a row could really fuck up what has been a great season otherwise. I mean, the, the, the thing working against Strider is I feel like sometimes you try and sneak team reps in as pitchers, and the Braves, my guess is, will not need any more reps. I agree with you. I, I, although I do think with the pitching all-stars, they try to do that with the bullpen. Um well, is it, well, is it a cause and effect thing where the bullpen, you have, I mean, bad teams have bad starters. No, you're right. Like, who are you going to like a team? I guess Bobby Witt in Kansas. I'm trying to think. Who I'll give you Bobby? a great, I'll give you a great example in the National League. Like Josiah Gray will be the Nationals rep. He's a starting pitcher. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, well, who the hell, get, I guess your boy out in Oakland gets it because of all the steals. Yeah, I think I mean they don't even have a random Booker? pitcher. No, I, Kansas City, I guess like Bobby Whip by default. Unless they try and sneak Salvion as a second catcher. No, I feel like they hold on. 
It won't be Granky who leads the team in war, as we found out last week. It could be – I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I think their all-star rep could be Chapman. Chapman's going to be – I mean, Chapman like, – I guess if we're on a Royals tangent. Chapman, I feel like, is if I had to bovada odds on who's most likely to get dealt at the deadline, I think it's Chapman. Yeah, as soon as he rediscovered the fastball, we knew that was the case. I mean, we knew that before the season started. Yeah, we knew that was the case. Um, all right, other players of the week. JT Real Muto hit for the cycle in the 9-8 loss to the Diamondbacks last Monday. Um, he, in his career, has now homered in the All-Star game, hit an inside-the-park homer in the postseason and hit for the cycle. Luke Gehrig is the only other player to do that. That's way too random for me. <laughs> I got some good random ones later. Don't worry. Uh, Blake Snell and his first start against the Rays since they traded with the Padres. Uh, two hits across six scoreless innings and struck out 12. Uh, he's lowered his ERA to .6 across his last five starts. Um, and he joined Jacob DeGrom, Pedro Martinez, and Randy Johnson as the fourth pitcher to strike out all nine starters and two straight starts. I think we forget just because when Snell's one of those guys, when he blows up, the blowups are terrible. But I do think we forget when he's on, he's really good and fun to watch. I mean, but he he's not a fluke Cy Young award winner. Like he he legitimately earned a Cy Young. So he he's always had this potential, but like he he doesn't go deep into games. That's always been the thing with Snap. He just doesn't he just doesn't go that deep. Like what did he do? Seven innings though? Seven innings. It's a lot of innings for Snap. Usually you're looking at five, he gets through five. And like he's so he's he doesn't have the overall the counting numbers aren't always there, but when he's on, he's as good as anyone. I mean, 21 and 5, 189 ERA, and 221 strikeouts. He was unreal that year. Yeah, no, I trust it. Like of recent side, I'm wondering, I think he's. I mean, I there have been some weird side on winners in the AL recently now that I'm thinking it through, like Robbie Ray and Snell and Bieber. Just guys that I think you very quickly forgot want to sign on. Do, do the, uh, like, you know, the NBA thing, like start, bench, cut, start, bench, cut, Ray, Ray, Snell, and Bieber. Start, Snell, because I'm taking the upside, bench, Bieber, cut, Ray. Yeah, I think so. I mean, until Bieber's velocity comes back and he's striking guys out, I, he just worries me. Um, a guy who worried me all year, but pitched pretty well yesterday. Uh, Lance Lynn tied the White Sox franchise record set by Jack Harshman in 1954 with 16 strikeouts uh, against the Mariners. And granted, they lost 5-1. But he became the first major league pitcher to strike out 14-plus this season. And his 16 were the most since Spencer Strider last September. Tough. Lynn, another high Bavada odds to be, to be moved. Jose Barrios. Um, he's back. Say he's it, back. Chase. He's, he's back. back. I, I was on the wagon two weeks ago. Uh, 3 to 8 ERA through seven no-hit innings. Or sorry, carried a no-hitter into the seventh inning against the Orioles and a 3-1 win. Um, the ERA is now a full two runs, just about what it was last year. It was 5-2-3 for the season. Um, Barrios is stepping up big time for this team. Um with Manoa being sent down, he's reemerges at two. With Gausman in this version of Barrios, you can make some noise if you're the Blue Jays. Um, and he's now ten and zero against the Orioles, which is the third most wins without a loss versus a single opponent over the last eighty years. If you're a Blue Jays fan, you're thinking, you're dreaming of Barrios and Manoa clicking at the same time. 
all you need. All it takes. If that, was, if that was your World Series pick, that's I guess that that's how it has to happen. Justin Turner against the Yanks on Friday in a 15-5 win. Uh, in the first three innings, he had a double, a two-run homer, and a grand slam. I thought Turner was done. So I guess I guess he's not. The him and JD swap has actually kind of worked out pretty well for both teams. The JD one doesn't surprise me as much because it seems like the Dodgers just get the most out of people. But Turner's I guess that's the same back. He's always been a doubles guy. You put him as a righty with the monster. And I think the biggest thing Turner does provide for that team, you can say whatever you want about on-field, the guy's a leader. I don't know if that's true. He was the guy who tested positive for COVID, walking around, no mask. Guy's a leader on the field, definitely not a leader off the field. (laughs) Uh, Multi-homer games this week, there were a bunch. Otani versus the Rangers. Don't you have to give your obligatory shout-out to Justin Turner's wife when we talk about Justin Turner? We've done it a lot. It's fine. Otani versus the Rangers, Ryan McMahon versus the Braves, Eddie Rosario versus the Rockies, Nolan Arenado versus the Mets. Nolan Arenado's back, by the way. I re-looked at the All-Star ballot yesterday. He's the runaway pick for third base in the National League, which granted means he's hitting 275 with 15 homers, but that's enough this year. Yeah, he's back, and I think him being back goes – again, the Cardinals not – nobody is saying the Cardinals are out of it. They've just been very, very dis- – any other division, they're out of it. But if Arenado – Arenado could be the best hitter in the league for a month. Oh, yeah. Give me the Cardinals 20 games. Devers versus the Rockies. Jack Sawinski versus the Cubs. Mike Ford versus the Marlins. Jake Berger versus the Dodgers. Danny Jansen versus the Orioles. Travis Darno versus the Rockies. Matt Veerling versus the Twins. And Brandon Drury versus the Royals. Fascinating. A lot of homers. <laughs> A lot of homers. All right. Update on the A's. Um, so, yes, they did have the winning streak. They did have a successful reverse boycott. Uh, and, again, for those curious – everyone in my initial response to was you're just giving the ownership more money by showing up to the games. All the proceeds of the game were donated to the local charities in Oakland. Um, on Tuesday afternoon though, the Nevada state Senate voted 13, eight in favor of the A's proposal for $380 million in public funding to construct a stadium in Vegas. Um, the state assembly then passed the proposal by a 25 to 15 vote after making a few minor amendments, uh, which included changes to attentive community benefits beyond that. What was required by the bill, uh, it required the team to collaborate with local government parks and rec departments to provide community youth clinics, explicitly force them to partner with the Nevada system of higher education around scholarship funding and workforce development opportunities, and it forced them to commit to establishing an employee relief fund for employees facing, uh, facing financial hardship. Uh, the A said in a statement, they look forward to Governor Lombardo's signature as the next step as they work to bring the A's to Las Vegas. And again, that $380 million in public funding would mainly come from $180 million in transferable tax credits and $120 million in county bonds. Uh, the plan would not directly raise taxes and the A's would not owe property taxes for the publicly owned stadium. Uh, Clark County, which, own, which includes Las Vegas, would contribute $25 million in credit towards infrastructure costs. At this point, this to me seems like a done deal. I would think the governor is going to sign off on it. Do you think, though, there's any Major League Baseball owners that end up voting against this? No. I don't see why they would. The Oakland thing's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Um, And the Vegas, I I was going to do this at the end, but did you see the Golden Knights victory parade? That speech gave by William Carlson? The whole parade was just epic in general. So I think you see that, and then it's if you're Vegas, you want more. You want more shots at that. I'm more fascinated at this point to see because this stadium won't be ready for a bit, and they're ready to get out of Oakland. I'm more fascinated to see, and we talked about this a little bit last week, where the A's will play in 2024 and 2025. 
because players are well, not going like to be happy. 2024, 2025 is where you – like, I, you um, remember when the Hornets got moved to Oklahoma City during Katrina? Yes. I think you give the A's in 2024, 2025. You, you put them in Asheville for two years. You see what an expansion team would look like. You see how it would play. But where do they have – do they have a stadium to play in Nashville? You, you put them at Vanderbilt Stadium. Yeah, I just think the Players Association, if they're playing at a college stadium or the wrong minor league park, like think of how skewed the numbers, even when we watch the Blue Jays play in Buffalo because of COVID were. That's my biggest issue. I, I think there's a lot of impending union complaints uh, based on where the stadium ends up being. Well, what I, I mean, is this going to happen? Now? Is ne- Are they out of the Coliseum next year? I think they're out. So what do you do for you? I I feel like you have to try out a new market. You do the Holy game. shit. Not only are they out, if they're out, it's dawning on me. I'm going to one of the last Oakland A's home games ever. Continue did with you get, your point while I look up the get, schedule. Did, did you get yeah, you check. Uh definitely get your tickets now if that's the case. I mean, I guess this is where you could throw out a Portland, you could throw out a Salt Lake City. I guess last week you made or a couple of weeks back, you made the point why subletting the Giant Stadium doesn't make a ton of sense. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. San Antonio, maybe you put a baseball field in the Alamo Dome. I'm the I know Memphis has the St. Louis Cardinals minor league stadium, but that might be another scheduling nightmare trying to overlap on a minor league season. It's going to be a logistic hardship for them. But I mean, where did the what did the Raiders do? Did they not? I know the Vikings. I guess it's different with football because dimensions are the same. I think they. I think the Raiders though had their lease until they moved. You think they just? I think you're right. I, I just think it was a little bit different. Um, there's ten more home games after the game I go to in September, but I am going to be there Roberto Clemente night. That's cool. Do they do all? Do, have they changed it so everyone wears twenty one that day now? I think so. One interesting thing to come out of this is legislation by Barbara Lee and Mark Desalnier. Uh, Congress people, Congress, Congress people, is that how you would say it? Congress, members of Congress from the state of California, who introduced the Moneyball Act on Tuesday, a bill that would require the owners of any relocating professional baseball team to compensate the state and local authorities they move away from. Um, The legislation would apply to teams moving more than 25 miles from their previous home home fields. And if the owners do not provide compensation, MLB would be subject to the antitrust laws the league has been exempt from since 1922. Per the bill, the compensation owed due to relocating would not be would be not less than the state, local, and or tribal tax revenue leveled in the 10 years prior to the date of relocation, paid respectively to each state, local, and or tribal government, which levied taxes on the club in the 10 years prior to the date of relocation. I love this bill. That's a tough bill. I I, I love it from a common sense standpoint. I just think relocating I, I would I would play video games as a kid. I like relocating the team. I always thought that was fun. I fun. think you need to expand the geographic footprint a bit. Um, like if you're staying within the state and like yeah, I think the county. The but I, yeah, I think it's like a common sense thing. If you're leaving, you're you're you are putting a huge economic dent in whatever city you are relocating from. I absolutely. I mean, we saw this in football too. This was a huge lawsuit. It might still be ongoing between the Cronkies family and St. Louis when the Rams relocated. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure Kroenke cut St. Louis like a seven hundred million dollar check out of pocket to be good. Good. But again, that's I mean that's an obscene amount of money, but that's 
I'm pr- I, I'm pr- don't like don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty sure he just cut the city a check and it's like, all right, we're done. Good for him. What an animal. Um, so I think I'm all for that bill. I hope it passed. I'm also for weakening MLB's antitrust lawsuit, antitrust status, but that's a whole separate conversation. Which will come into a play a bit here. Uh, Major League Baseball and high-ranking club officials had discussed five hundred seventy-one million. That's a lot of cash, uh, but he's a winner. He can afford it now. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's hot. He's had he's the most hot. dominant year and a half stretch, I would say, of any owner in professional sports history right now. Arsenal also came for Arsenal finished second in the Premier League, coming out of nowhere. There you go. Major League Baseball and high-ranking officials discuss limiting how much teams can spend in areas other than player salaries, such as technology, player development, scouting, and health. Different pockets of management have talked about the potential cost controls to the athletic, whether it be owners speaking to one another or in a similar conversation between club higher-ups. Um, and MLB, a VP of Baseball Ops, Morgan Sword, is said to have discussed the concept again last week on a call with club officials. Um, they're mostly focusing on technological vendors rather than staffing, saying there's nothing happening on that front. What we're focused on is gathering information on vendor costs to find potential cost savings through efficiencies and to ensure equal access to all technology. Uh, multiple officials who have been briefed or participated in these convos uh, thinks that the thinking will extend the personnel as well, um, which some clubs would enjoy seeing caps on spending in any area that can influence on-field success, including player uh, salaries or otherwise. And multiple clubs, multiple club officials suggested that spending limits on non players might make the most sense to pursue as part of a larger overhaul, um, which would eventually potentially include salary caps. I, there's a lot of red flags here to me. Um, the first red flag is obviously anything having to do with the salary cap, big red flag to me, big red flag to the union, big red flag. When we're talking about antitrust, here are the two things that sh- uh, jump out to me here. One I don't think teams should have to – I get why they're doing this because we've gone so overboard with analytics as a sport that I do appreciate that they're trying to push us back towards the mean and the middle a little bit. Here are my two things, though. One, if your owner doesn't want to put the money and the resources in to build your team's analytics department and utilize technology the best way possible, that's not really anybody else's problem. Like, if you're going to be a cheap owner, so be it. The biggest red flag to me here, though, is owners talking to each other, which is a nice, kind way of saying collusion. That is collusion. That is the definition of collusion. So if I'm the players union, a lot of red flags here. Um, And again, I've been fairly outspoken on how I think technology has negatively affected baseball. But this to me is dumb uh, because technology is what allows the team's I mean, look no for. I, I don't want to use the A's right now, but look no further than Moneyball. Technology is what allows some of these smaller teams to compete with the teams that don't give a shit about spending money. The Steve Cohens of the world, the used to be Steinbrenners of the world, the Dodgers ownership group. Uh, you shouldn't penalize the team for being good at utilizing the new technology. No, it's it's. It, I, I don't get this one. This one's weird to me. This I don't like it. This one, no, no, no. Whole thing is weird. We had another suspension for foreign substances this week. Uh, Drew Smith, Metro Lever, got 10 games on Wednesday. Fifth MLB pitcher and second on the Mets penalized for using banned sticky stuff. Uh, the penalty was announced by MLB senior VP Michael Hill one day after Smith entered in the seventh inning of a game and was ejected without throwing a pitch. Uh, Smith declined to appeal. Uh, he said, I was really surprised because I haven't done anything different all year. Sweat and rousing. I don't know what else to say. Nothing changed. It's just I think the process is so arbitrary. I don't know what else to say. Nothing changed. 
Um, he was stopped by a routine check as he reached the infield. This is, I think, the first time we see someone get ejected before he'd been throwing a pitch, right? Yeah. I, it, if what he's saying is true, I, I think it, his – um, I mean, I guess to paraphrase, he's, he's complaining about the consistency or consistency within the review process of these checks. And like, I guess he's right, but they found enough. He didn't appeal, so I'm not really – I don't feel bad for him. But Well, yeah, I think part of the reason he didn't appeal too is what we saw with Scherzer where these guys kind of just look at it like if Rob's going to appoint the arbitrator, what's the point? Let's just get the suspension going and delay the inevitable. I mean, it's like, yeah. I, I guess it's good that they're cracking down. Five suspensions this year is not a tremendous amount since they're a bunch of pitchers every game. I'm – I, I don't know. I guess it feels like – I don't know if it's doing anything. I think it's just making, like, one player mad every couple of weeks. The umpire crew said, I don't know what's on his hand. All I know is sticky. Sticky to the touch is stuck to my hands when I touch it, not only his pitching hand but his glove as well. I think if something's sticky, it's illegal. They cannot manipulate the rosin. Um, first, I'll ask you this. Bavada over under five and a half suspensions for this the rest of the way. Um, so we're on – I mean, that's pretty much what we're on pace for. I guess I'll take the over. But I I don't know if there's a way to cheat the system here. And then here's my follow-up question. Are you think guys are this dumb? Like, I usually don't come to pitcher's defense, but I'll come to Drew Smith's defense here. One, because if he has been cheating, it's not working. He has not been good for the Mets, as Mets fans will tell you. But I, I just don't think a guy is so dumb but to put the, you know, to cheat coming into a game. Where else would you cheat? How else would you do it? I just think you know you're going to get checked as soon as you come out of the bullpen. How could you be that stupid? I don't think you're coming to his defense. Unless I, you, I, my my way of saying is I don't think Drew Smith is that stupid. I think maybe he didn't cheat. It's a backhanded coming to his defense. I guess it were. I guess you're defending him. I I, I don't know. I like, I didn't see his hand. Like the Doming- Domingo Herman seems to be the stupidest of all these people. Yeah, Domingo, it was very evident. His was just clear as day. Uh, almost, I guess. Like this, I still think like the the Godfather, stupid for cheating like this, is Pineda. Yes, I mean Pineda just was like. I mean Pineda. Look to to be blunt with Pineda. He's a a dark skinned Latin American man. And for you to have such foreign substances that on his skin tone, you could still so clearly make it out on his neck. Two games in a row or two out of three. It was like it weeks was back. It was crazy. It was so crazy. I don't think Drew Smith is as dumb as Michael Pineda. Congratulations, Drew. I don't want to get – I have a lot of this in the notes. Uh, it's the morning. I don't want to be sad with saying it, but there's new allegations levied against Trevor Bauer. And um, they're just as terrible as the last one. This one's in the state of Arizona. She asked for $3.7 million in her lawsuit. All I'm going to say is at this point, I hope this guy stays in Japan and never pitches in Major League Baseball again. And and I don't think there was any ch- – I think there was a slim chance maybe somebody signed him. I think after this, he's done. You, you, cannot, you cannot run the risk – not even run the risk. I, I don't think teams as morally – ambivalent as baseball and sports teams in general may be from time to time. You cannot take the chance on a guy who is a, now it looks like serial sexual offender. 
I mean, I've been saying it all the time about it. He, he should be in some sort of rehab facility. Prison. prison. I guess prison is, I think, a correctional facility. I, mean, he, I, I don't know how you can keep him around people. And he's such a dick. He is such a dick. Well, you, you mentioned the rehab facility. I, there is one line that I will read um, because it's – I mean this is just like assault and threatening somebody. Um but it's at least not sexual in major. This is from the report. On December 12, 2020, the victim said she was having dinner with Bauer and sitting on his lap while watching UFC. The defendant swiftly caught me off guard and held me a knife point. The defendant placed his jagged steak knife to my throat uh, and asked me, have you ever been held at knife point? Uh, and then took a deep breath and exhaled. Yeah. Just keep him. I don't think we should do any more Trevor Bauer stories because the next one we might do is he killed someone. That. No. So I'll go to an interesting, weird story. Um, did you read the stuff with David Freese? Yeah, I saw that. And I guess it's like, I, I think it was like Portnoy. I mean, you can explain what happened. I think so I'll David Freese, uh, again, if, if you're a baseball fan in the last 10 years, you remember David Freese. Um, this is where I'll give you your obligatory Nelson Cruz should have caught the ball shot at. Yeah, Nelson Cruz. Like he fucking lost the Rangers the World Series. Pretty And then got caught taking roids. Like, I don't know why everyone where this Nelson Cruz love comes from. You look cheated and lost the team the series. All right. So anyway though. So I mean NLCS MVP World Series in 2011. I mean, truly did have one of the greatest postseason runs ever. And the fans invite uh, voted him in on the fan vote to the Cardinals Team Hall of Fame. And he said after an extreme amount of thought, he declined the invitation. Saying, this is something I've been given an extreme, extreme amount of thought to, humbly even before the voting process began. I'm aware of the impact I had helping the team and great memories to the city I grew up in, including the 11th championship. I feel strongly about my decision to understand how people might feel about it. I get it. I'll wear it. Thanks for always being there for me, and I'm excited to be around the Cardinals as we move forward. Uh, he told the Cardinals he was appreciated, appreciative of the sort of the fans, but felt he did not deserve the honor, saying, I look at who I was during my tenure, and that weighs heavily on me. Cardinals in the entire city have always had my back in every way. I'm forever grateful to be a part of such an amazing organization and fan base then, now, and in the future. Especially sorry to the fans that took the time to cast their votes. I mean, like, I get it. Like, on one end, I kind of look at that of like, wow, what a remarkably what a remarkable breath of fresh air to see an athlete with so much self-awareness. At the same time, though, dude, it's not the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Like, just take the honor. I'd say, like, so rapid-fire thoughts. He's right. He's not a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Um, it's neat to see somebody that would decline this honor, but he's fucking stupid for doing it. Like, if you're in the Hall of Fame, like, just take it. Just take the award. You you probably don't belong there, but whatever. Yeah, um, And, like, I know he said in his life that he's been thinking about it for a while. If you're thinking about it, just don't just do this early because you did waste a lot of people's time. Yeah, get ahead of it. Say it before the voting process. Like, don't wait till yeah. Or just say to the Cardinals, take my name off the ballot. Yeah, don't. Whatever he handled it wrong, but ended at the right result. Where I mean, he's not Pujols or Musial or he's not Bob Gibson. He's not a Cardinals Hall of Fame. Cardinals are too good. To put him in the Hall of Fame. But he's not Yachty or Wainwright either. Miscellaneous news. Pirates caught up 21, 20, 2021 first overall pick, Henry Davis, uh, after he had 286, 432, 514, and 45 plate appearances at AAA. Catcher will be making his major league debut. Exciting for the Pirates. Uh, Daniel Murphy, who retired in 2020, 
one uh is back in baseball he signed a minor league deal with the angels uh 38 year old with the long island ducks hit 331 410 451 through 37 games meh bad guy yeah that's like honestly i, I don't know if he ever made over under 1.5 games not playing for the angels this year. Yeah. or if he is that means the season went sideways badly yeah Giants and Cardinals, uh, it sounds like they are going to be playing at Rickwood Field next year in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Birmingham, Alabama uh, where the Negro League Black Birmingham Black Barons once played. Giants were selected because that's where Willie Mays once played prior to the Polo Grounds and Candlestick Park in San Francisco. Uh, Giant Cardinals will be the designated home team, and I think this is really cool. I, I'm all for random historic baseball sites being there's, played here as long as there's a significance tied to it. There are so I don't even need a significance tied to it. There are so many baseball games here. I I said it the other week. Every team should have a fun series away. Make baseball fun again. There's the I know there's the London series, which they moved back the fences for. There's a, the Iowa stuff is cool. There was no that field random of dreams this year. No field of dreams this year. Or the one it, there's no field of dreams because they're building new baseball and softball fields on the facility. Smart. Yeah. Okay, just like to have more fun. Just do more fun things like that. I'm trying to think. Where else can we see random games? I'm sure you could Mexico, do a Mexico. The Mexico series was unbelievable. Yeah. The Me- like the international stuff's cool. You can do it. You don't even need to go international. You could do like a – I mean, just build baseball fields wherever. Like just do like a Mount Rushmore game, a Hawaii game. I mean, there should be more games in Canada. An Alaska game. You tell me you can't you play a game on a mountain in Alaska, that'd be cool. Oh, there's a that'd lot of there. Jackie Bradley Jr., DF8, and then released by the Royals uh since 2021. Um, just hasn't been hitting at all this year. 133, 188, 210 with the Royals. We'll see if he catches on anywhere else. Uh, and under the heading of you can't make this shit up, a bus driver hired to transport the pirates from Chicago to Milwaukee was stopped during the journey and charged with a DUI following the Pirates 7-2 loss to the Cubs. That's it might be the most pirates thing I've ever heard. That's dumb. Don't drink and drive. That's very bad. Yep. Injuries. Jordan out a month. Uh, how much was this guy? I'm I'm curious. How, this guy. How much was this guy swerving on the highway? Where he the, uh, I have no idea. And what happens next? What happened to the bus? How'd that story end? I think somebody else drove. It's not a speeding ticket. Well, you need a specific license to drive a bus. It's not a speeding ticket where you just get back behind the wheel. I imagine G-Man Choi took the reins. Sneaky PD guys, G-Man Choi. Yes. Other injuries, uh, Max Muncy, 10-day injury list with a left hamstring strain. Tristan McKenzie, you mentioned it before. This could be a big one. Right elbow strain. Uh, he has infl- inflammation in his right elbow. The UCL is involved. I hope he doesn't need Tommy John. I like McKenzie. If he needs Tommy John, Cleveland blow it up. Yeah, I think you have to at that point. You trade Bieber and you start rebuilding. Not even rebuilding. They have so much good young pitching. You start refortifying. You just kind of throw in the towel for the season. I think so. Vinny Pasquatino, uh, Royals first baseman. He tore the labrum in his right shoulder. He's going to miss the remainder of this year. Uh, tough blow for the Royals. Vinny was one of the few bright spots. Mitch Hanniger fractured his right forearm. He underwent forearm surgery. His teammate, J.D. Davis, uh, 10-day injury list with a right ankle strain, sprain. Scary moment in the Red Sox-Yankees game. Tanner Hawk, uh, he was struck in the face by a liner off the bat of Kyle Hagashioka. He has a facial fracture and is resting at home, but should be okay. 
Ryan Mountcastle, two, 10 day injury list due to vertigo. Clevenger, 15 day injury list due to a bicep strain. Gio Rochella, 10 day injury list with a fractured left pelvis. His teammate in the infield, Zach Nito, 10 day injury list due to a left oblique strain. Brandon Belt, left hamstring inflammation. Juan Segura, 10 day injured list. Uh, and Edward Cabrera, 15 day injury list due to a right shoulder impingement. And C. Anthony Dominguez, 15 day injury list due to a left oblique strain for the Phillies. A lot of stuff, but nothing super major. Well, the Jordan one a month is kind of me. Jordan and McKenzie, yeah. I'd say, are major. But we are. Well, I mean, we already spoke about both of those. All right, tweet to the week. Emmett Sheenan of the Dodgers, third pitcher in MLB history to allow no hits over at least six innings in his debut. And they lost that game. And the Weird week for the Dodgers. Uh, the White Sox lost 5-1 of the Mariners despite Lance Lynn striking out 16 batters. Amazingly, uh, this is the third time in the modern era where a team has lost by four-plus runs despite a starter having 16 strikeouts. I mean, that's that's what this White Sox is. That, that's what the White Sox are now. Cliff Lee in 11 and Randy Johnson in 2001 were the other two. Big unit. June 17th marked the only time in the modern era that two players, Samad Taylor for the Royals and Zach Rimillard for the White Sox, had game-winning hits in the ninth inning or later in their MLB debuts on the same day. The Giants are the first team in MLB history to have 15-plus RBIs in a game without getting any or sorry, the first team since 1987, uh, without getting any RBIs from their three, four, five, and six spots in the order. New that that, that that's the new baseball for you. From Sarah Langs, Chris Taylor is the first player with a grand slam for both his first and a hundredth career home runs. I like uh, that. This, this is from MLB stats. Acuna is the first player in MLB history with 15 homers and 30 steals in the first 70 games in a season. Yeah, Acuna. Yeah, he's I, – I feel like next little week maybe we should talk about Acuna more. From AJ Casaval, uh, Fernando Tatis uh, is the first player to record a game since 1901 with the following stat line. A home run, three extra base hits, two runs, two steals, a walk, and an outfield assist. Uh, so I, think- I, have, I have Tatis questions. For, like, Tatis, if he keeps playing this way, he, is he ineligible for the Hall of Fame? I don't think he's ineligible. I mean, technically, he's not ineligible. I don't no, know. No, of course not. Is this early career PED system? It, I could like- be, it, it could be enough to get him over. I mean, if the season ends today, I, I think he's starting in the All-Star game. He's been yeah, that good. The thing with Tati, like, if you just – if you say he started from zero, just everything post his, – if his career is measured from post-PED suspension, assuming he doesn't have another one, he's probably going to have a Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, this year has developed into an elite defensive right fielder. 14 homers, uh, 12 steals, 34 ribbies, 286, 355, 557 slash line, 152 OPS plus. And what did he get suspended to start the year? How many games? He had another 30? I don't think that many. Or maybe? Yeah, say 30. 3.4 war already this year. It'll be interesting to follow because I don't think we've ever had someone this good get suspended that young. At a minimum, all-star in my book for whatever that's worth. Um, this well, Nelson is, Cruz has made all-star teams on the other side of teams. This is from Optostats. Gunnar Henderson in five games um, had a first in MLB history. A dozen hits, multiple steals, a home run cycle, and his team going 5-0. and First time a player's ever done that. It's just another bat in Baltimore that's... With the Royals losing their 50th game Wednesday, it is the earliest into a season that multiple teams has reached 50 losses. And I'm going to end on a positive note. All right. Foolish baseball. 
This is the Julio Tehran is the first Brewers pitcher with more than 30 innings pitch and less than six earned runs allowed across their first five starts with the franchise. He's a beast. He's so back. Julio Tehran for the all-star team. Ooh, I don't think so. No, of course not. Uh, any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast? Nope. Nothing for me. Mine will be if you are adding dead shows this week, City Field or Fenway, drop my line. If you're at the Yanks Rangers game Saturday, drop my line. And if you want to go see No Hard Feelings with me, the new Jennifer Lawrence movie, I'm going to probably go see it Friday. Drop my line. A lot of fun events this week. Big week for Chase. Big week indeed. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Midorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great week. 